0: You're scaring me. You don't scare me anymore.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Hot Marriage Cool Parents. Kind of everything we're not, but (laughs) I'm very cool got to fake it till you make it, right?
0: That's it. Well, we hope you guys are having an amazing week so far. You're actually going to love this episode today.
1: Oh my gosh. We're so excited because I have a new friend. Her name's Nicole Franzel. She's at coconuts on Instagram. And I kind of just started following her and loving her. She's on the amazing race right now, but she won Big Brother. And I never really knew her story. I just like her Instagram and she's very (laughs) optimistic and cute. And so then I got to know her a little bit through Instagram and she's an ER nurse and she she's incredible. But before we bring Nicole and her fiance Victor on, Let's give a shout out to our five-star review because yes. honestly, it means the world to us. I mean, there have been so many five-star reviews for our podcast, and we just want to thank you guys from the bottom of our hearts for that because genuinely it means so much to us.
0: We really do. I mean, that that's one of the best ways where we get feedback is from you guys. And you know, for everybody that's been following us since day one, I, I think this is just an amazing journey and we love genuinely love hearing from you guys. So wanna shout out Emma Jesky for her five-star review you that said, and I really love this one, I watched your season of maps and was so hopeful for you guys. Your journey has been amazing to watch. You guys are by far one of my favorite couples from the show. Mine too, by the way. Mm -hmm. I love how open and honest you all are too. I've been through a miscarriage and I'm adopted and I don't know who my dad is. So hearing your stories, I feel like I can totally relate.
1: Aw, that is so sweet of you, Emma Jeske. And you know, I'm just so happy that you guys are loving the podcast. And I feel like when you share your stories like that with me, then I feel like I have someone I can relate to as well. So thank you so much.
0: That's like relating on several different levels.
1: Yeah, like adoption, miscarriage, although I don't know who my dad is, although I was never adopted. No. But I was almost adopted out. True story. When my mom delivered me, there were people from Long Island that were supposed to bring me home, but my mom never signed the adoption papers. So I could have had a whole different life. Yeah. Wild to think about. Well, but
0: I'm I'm glad your mom didn't.
1: I mean, me too, because sometimes I wonder, like, what would have happened to my siblings? Like, that's what I instantly go to is if I hadn't been there, would they have gone to foster care? Would they? I just, I don't know what would have happened to them. But also, we wanted to give a shout out to Himalaya for allowing our listeners to be able to listen to our podcast a whole day earlier. So, if you guys want, our podcasts are available everywhere on Friday. But if you want to listen a day earlier, then download the Himalaya app and follow us because we got perks for you there a whole yeah, day earlier. And
0: it's totally free and you can organize other podcasts. So, definitely check it out if, if you're into podcasts.
1: Yeah. Are you looking for someone to share their deepest, darkest secrets on keeping their marriage spicy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you like, please dish on how to be a cool parent? Because yeah, I don't know. Please tell me. Well, Jamie Otis and Doug Hayner have got all you hubbies and wifies and mommies and daddies covered. Yep, that's us. Because each week we're finding a guest who will spill all their dirty secrets.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Because we all want to keep our marriages hot and our parenting cool.
0: Here's the show. I don't know if you saw this story, Jane, but the story about there was a woman that passed away and in her will, she had that she was going to euthanize her dog. If she died first, she would euthanize the dog because she wanted to be buried with the dog.
1: Um, I think everybody's heard about this story by now. It's like all over Twitter. This is nutty and it's not. When I first saw it, I was like, this has got to be a joke.
0: It's so selfish to me that somebody would actually do that.
1: I'm not going to lie. I kind of thought when I first read it, I was like, wait a minute. That's something Doug would do with no. our dog lady.
0: No, that's like saying, okay, if, if I'm dead, you can't live. You can't live your life. You have to stay with me forever and nobody else can have you.
1: Yeah, that's really mean.
0: Yeah. I mean, how could that be legal? I guess it can be.
1: Well, since dogs are considered personal property, it technically isn't a legal issue, but that still doesn't make it okay to just put down a healthy, happy dog because it's like, if I can't live, you can't live.
0: Yeah. I mean, why couldn't they just let the dog stay in the house? I mean, that's kind of the same.
1: Yeah. Or like just put it up for adoption
0: I just don't, I don't get it. And the dog was euthanized.
1: Yeah. And then buried with the owner. That's just...
0: I don't get why it was such a big story though. Like, hasn't Is this the first time that someone's ever had a dog euthanized?
1: Well, I hope so because I think it's crazy to euthanize a dog just because you've been, you know, you passed yourself. Although I definitely thought that you would do something like that with Lady.
0: No, no. Do you hear her barking in the background yeah. right now? I don't... <laughs>
1: <laughs> you what You don't want to take her to your grave with you no. with all her barking?
0: No, I I plan on outliving her completely. I know, right? that's, don't
1: that's a, you? That's a really weird thought. If our dogs outlive us,
0: like, how is that part of your will? Like, you have to know that you're gonna be dying before your dog. Like, that's it's just a weird thing to have in your will. Well,
1: maybe she's old, Doug.
0: I know, but like to think about the dog, like it's just I don't know. I I don't get it. I don't get what the whole big story was.
1: What I don't get is how they how they say that the dog is personal property like the dog has a heart and a brain and lungs and a liver and a kidney kidneys hopefully
0: (laughs) yeah well so do birds
1: Yeah, and you let them fly freely. You don't kill them.
0: Exactly. I just don't get how this was
1: allowed. I'm curious what you, the person listening to this, thinks of that. I can't (laughs) help but bring up The Bachelorette because Kelly Ripa. Do you know what she said, Doug?
0: You mean Kelly Ripa?
1: Is it Ripa Ripa? Ripa. Sorry, Kelly. (laughs) I don't know how to say your last name. Okay. She said the other day on Live with Kelly and Ryan that she is disgusted by The Bachelor.
0: I would be too. I don't know if I am disgusted by it. I just, it's, I guess uh, being on reality TV, it's, you kind of can't get disgusted by other reality TV.
1: Well, no, I mean, I was on The Bachelor and honestly, I was kind of disgusted when I was there. Like, I remember I was, I felt like a fly on the wall looking at like all these gorgeous women that were like fawning over this one, like kind of average guy, just like Kelly said. And and it's like, these girls are so... Stunning, like so good looking and you know, well educated, have great careers, and they're like fawning over this one man. And it's like, even if he is gorgeous and has a great career, like no dude deserves that. Like
0: my whole thing is that the people that we've talked to, and we've had some on the podcast, they call it a game they all say that this is the game to win, like to win the show. Like it's a contest for some reason. Like that's just, that's the different part for me.
1: Yeah. Like it's not like they're genuinely like no one's there really for real love. They're all there for the quote unquote game, I guess. But I never did good at that game. If anyone, that game, (laughs) (laughs) I really didn't do good at that game though, because you Google, if you've never seen my stint on The Bachelor and you want to have a a laugh at my expense google jamie Yoda's the bachelor and <laughs> the first thing that will pop up on youtube is me trying to seduce the bachelor at the time his name is ben Flannick, in a little red dress that ripped and i was like trying to teach him how to kiss meanwhile oh boy i mean i'm <laughs> red right now talking about it so if you want to laugh at my That's expense so just funny. go ahead and youtube that <laughs> wait let's see if we can play this for everyone oh my god please don't Doug. I'm i'm like red in my face I think we should, like, okay. First of all, when my mouth is open, your mouth is closed on
2: vice versa. Yeah? So, what do you want?
1: Do you want my mouth closed or open? I want. <laughs> You're telling me what you like to do. Okay. What a weird combo. First, we have our mouth. Our mouth is going to be closed. Okay? Okay. Then we're going to just like, feel each other out. Right. And then, you know, once we feel each other out, we're going to open our mouth. And
3: that's normally how kissing goes.
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs> I can
3: tell
0: you it was very drunk.
4: Okay. Are you, are you nervous around me? I'm a little nervous right now i don't
1: know how this is gonna go anymore anyway. no we're this. gonna plan it it's gonna okay. be okay it's not gonna be nervous with you or me but we're gonna go mufflers yes first. i can tell you're nervous okay. No, no, no,
0: muff-tose. that is my least favorite part about the bachelor is how they turn the audio up for kisses
1: ew yes but no good. one wants to hear lip smacking
0: good for you Jane.
1: Honestly, I was so young and I was so insecure and he wasn't that good of a kisser. You were hot. I was hot though. They used my You are
0: hot actually.
1: Thank you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. You still got it.
1: Mom bod still got it. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, we should really. Should
0: we play it again?
1: No, we shouldn't. Please. Doug. Now we're going to explore, okay? Now we're
0: going to explore, okay? You know what we should do is we should recreate that. I'll play Ben Flanick and you play Jamie
1: Otis. Okay, I can play Jamie Otis. Yeah,
0: and I'll, I'll, I'll put on a, a greasy wig <laughs> and a black suit and you put on that dress. I think it'll be fun.
1: I don't know if my mom bod can fit into that dress anymore.
0: Well, I would love to see it. And actually, if you're hearing this right now, I want to put a poll out. And if you guys would want to see us recreate that Bachelor Kiss and put it out on a YouTube video, Please, please respond, and then if we hit maybe fifty people that say that they want to see that, we will do a reenactment. How about that,
1: James? do I get any say in this? Because not really interested in it at all bringing you up. could
0: you could decide the number of comments that we get
1: well, I would say zero, but then that would mean we'd have to do it so
0: as soon as one person would say it.
1: no, you have to say
0: if we get fifty yeses where people say. Yes.
1: I don't want to do it. So why would I say that?
0: Because it's a challenge. (laughs) I think it'll be funny.
1: It's funny at my expense. This is embarrassing to me.
0: No, it's not embarrassing because it brought you to me.
1: That's true. And also I was very young and honestly, I don't know. Awkward girls out there, raise your hand. You're not alone. I'm here with you, girl. (laughs) You're not (laughs) alone.
0: Yeah. You have to laugh at yourself.
1: I guess so. Yeah. And we have a surprise for you listeners because... We couldn't fit in all of Kate and Jasmine from Married at First Sight. We couldn't fit in their whole entire interview, but we did talk about Dr. Jessica and John and the fact that they're now engaged and going to be married and Dr. Jessica is no longer on Married at First Sight as an expert. And I kind of wanted to touch on this because I didn't have Dr. Jessica as my expert. So I was curious what they thought about it. And so we're going to share that with you here in this podcast because I think that it's a topic that you can't just like beat on the bush. I mean, obviously, it's a very controversial topic. And I just think that those of you who are diehard fans, I feel like you deserve to hear this part of the conversation. I mean, we are so invested, all of us, in Married at First Sight and these relationships. And then to know that an expert ends up with one of the participants is, I mean, obviously, it's very jaw-dropping because... It just doesn't seem very professional. So yeah, we're going to pull up Kate and Jasmine's interview because I feel like it was very revealing. There have been so many questions from the fans about Jessica and John. And I would love to hear your guys' take on Dr. Jessica and John.
4: I don't know. I I think that they deserve to be happy. I can understand how the patient-client thing is a little off.
5: But at the same time... So I'm gonna like finish Kate's statement. Okay. So I feel the same way. When I first saw that they were together, I thought that it was so inappropriate mm-hmm. because I think we were filming the show, or I think we were, right before we started is when they came posted, out. Yeah, like came out and posted it. So I felt like that was kind of odd because I watched their season, like Molly and John, or whatever. Yeah. And I know Molly got a lot of crap for mm-hmm. her season and how she treated from John Dr. and in Oh, particular. and from Doctor Jessica, she called her right out. Yeah. So to see them dating. It was like, what? what? Mm-hmm. So how long was this going yeah, on? Is that why yeah. she was really yelling at her? Yeah. So, yeah. so this, I was just like, I don't know like how to feel about it, but I will say that during our season, Dr. Jess was definitely the most supportive, the most aware or in tune as far as counseling us. And she called me personally and we talked and she was great. Yeah, And she was there for us. I will say that it took a little while, but when she was there, she was there, she was in it. And I felt like she was genuinely concerned about our relationship mm-hmm. and she was genuinely concerned about how we could come to like a, a agreement. Mm-hmm. So I did really respect her. Mm-hmm. And then I just like afterwards just became happy for her because I know everybody wants love. And yeah. that's what this show is about. It's mm-hmm. about love. And yeah. However you find it is how however you, you it. I know it's like, however you find it, but... I know initially I definitely was just shocked to see it.
4: I have a lot to say and I think a lot about Dr. Jess because I actually never talked to her before I got married. Me and her never had a conversation one-on-one. So I always thought that was weird. And then during the show, she did visit us a couple more times that wasn't aired, but I do feel like after the show now, she and I have talked every other week. She got therapy extended for me. So I have this like weird, I don't know her personally that well, but like after the show, she has been very kind and helpful and checks in and I still just stand by, like, if she is in love with John and John is in love with her and they make each other happy at this point, she's leaving the show. His marriage didn't work out on the show. I don't know when they started dating, but they deserve to be allowed to get married and love each other. So 100% agree. Honestly, I agree with both of you, Jasmine. How can you not be a little, like,
1: appalled that, you know, it's almost like a teacher dating a student kind of thing, you know? So you're kind of like, whoa, what is going on?
0: But there's also a lot of uncertainty as the dynamic. What happened before, Mm -hmm. during, after? You know, like that's where people get their imaginations going. Where it's like it's wrong, it's this, it's that. Well, what if it started like way after? You know, and and
1: honestly, I know for sure that it started way after. It wasn't like they—they certainly weren't. I mean, I would be sitting with them on unfiltered. It's not like they were flirtatious. There was no none of that happening whatsoever it happened after. But I do see how, you know, she couldn't continue as an expert on Married at First Sight because that just seems wrong. But I, the woman is so smart. She's brilliant. Her job as a psychologist is not over. And I don't think her job, like she wanted to pursue being an expert for other couples on whatever show or whatever. I'm sure that's, not over either. I mean, I have no, and honestly, I think it's very, very telling that their love is real because a woman who clearly is a strong, independent woman and she's willing to walk away from multiple careers because it's not just married at first sight, she's walking away from. There's a show called Seven Year Switch that she was an expert on, there's a show called The Honeymoon Island. Yeah, she's walking away from a lot in order to pursue this love. So, It's definitely a real love. And like you said, Kate, why can they not be in love? I mean, it is what it is, you know, like you can't choose who you fall in love with sometimes or sometimes you can, if you sign up to be married at first sight. (laughs) (laughs) Even then you don't get to choose. (laughs) So yeah, it is what it is. And You know, and I think most people would agree with all of us. Like, you know, it is appalling. It's definitely not kosher, that's for sure. And it's definitely understandable that that she's no longer an expert on marriage at first sight. But, like, let them be and be in love. And I'm happy for them.
5: I feel like this was like the perfect time for it to be done, though. Like, it came out right before our season started. I think that timing was good for that. I did take the recommendation and go to therapy once we were done filming. And, I told my therapist about it and she was just like,
4: what?
5: (laughs) What do you mean? Like, she was just like, that is isn't appropriate." So I think that was just kind of like the initial thought. But knowing her and knowing her heart, like I said, I feel like she genuinely cared about helping us. So Mm -hmm. I I wanted to be happy. I was going to say,
0: I think the optics of it are a little bit, I would say, weird. But on the other hand, too, it's, you know, let's say they did fall in love. There's no easy way of coming out. And if they want to make it their decision to come out and not have it just like blown out of proportion by a stranger or someone, you know, it it was their decision to say, no, this is real. I don't think they would have shared it till it was real. But when I first heard of it, I used to think about it's like, you know, teachers started to date one of the students that just graduated. But these are adults and we're not their patients for real. They're experts on the show. They know us intimately. They know us based on our assessments and everything. And I'm sure the experts kind of think about that in their own lives too. It's like, you know, if, you know, especially if they're single, you go through all these assessments and the match.com and everything else. It's like, okay, you know, this is someone that I would be matched up with. But the more I think about it, the more it's like, you know, we're not really their patients, So it's not an issue that way. They do know us and they are there to guide us. But I don't know. I I guess I'm indifferent about it. That was all.
1: Okay, we'll get back to today's podcast. But yeah, that was from our interview on episode 20. Kate and Jasmine were here to tell and share Kate's big secret. So if you want to listen to the full interview with them, you can head back to episode 20. But I just thought it was important to not leave that part out because it's a pretty jarring realization when an expert decides to date a participant and honestly i i think dr jessica is an awesome lady but i also can see why she is no longer an expert on the show i don't think her career is over though i think she's you know i think she's kind of like a trailblazer for choosing love instead of her career because i can't imagine how hard that must have been for her cuz i know that she's a very professional woman she's well educated she's very intelligent i think that it's wild that she chose love over her career, but props to her for that for sure. Because I mean, it just makes me wonder like, how many people would genuinely choose love over their career. And there's really no right or wrong answer. I think in this case, it's just as difficult because Dr. Jessica had been so forward with John's ex-wife, Molly, when she was their expert. Just very interesting. So yeah, I wanted to include that little snippet because I mean, we're so wide open about everything. So I figured we would chat about that as well. And I'm kind of curious what your guys' take is on it. If you wanted to like, leave it in the comments or shoot us a message and tell me what you think, would you choose love over your career or would you choose your career over love? Very controversial in this particular situation because she's an expert and a professional and was once guiding him and his ex-wife and then they decided to not stay married and now she is with him, which again no judgment whatsoever. I don't think there's a right or a wrong answer. It's really a personal preference. And she's done the most remarkable thing in choosing love and letting the job go. She still has a thriving career, so it's not like she let all her whole entire career go. But Married at First Sight, I know she really loved being an expert. I know she was really invested in making sure that the couples worked out. And so- my hats off to her for choosing true love and happiness over career because career doesn't always make you happy, but curious what you guys think. So please reach out to us and let us know if you would choose love over your career. But back to our show for today. We have awesome guests on today as well. Nicole Franzel and her fiance, Victor, from Big Brother. And she won Big Brother and they're currently on The Amazing Race. And we're going to talk about some pretty hefty topics. Well, about how they get engaged and all that, which is actually just interesting. But the hefty topic is mental health awareness and the fact that people who are diagnosed with depression and anxiety, I don't care what anyone says, there is a stigma around it. And it's a shame. And I feel like the only way we can break that stigma is by talking about it by showing our faces those of us who have been diagnosed with these things we're not crazy people that are like i don't know if you hear someone who has quote-unquote anxiety then you're instantly like oh what? she has anxiety or if like you hear that someone has depression you're like oh she's got to be so dramatic then i'm sure like it's just so frustrating to me but before we bring nicole and her fiance victor on doug i know you've been wanting to travel more like out of the country yeah And Japan has always been like, you know, not on our top, top of our list, but it's always been interesting and intriguing to see how their way of life. Do you know that if you travel to Japan that you're not allowed to eat while walking?
0: So what would they give you like a ticket? I don't know. That's just, I wonder what the reasoning is behind it.
1: They want a clean city. They don't want you to like leave your, you know, wrapper and your napkins thrown around on the ground.
0: Well, I think it makes sense because they would have to have chopsticks to eat and they probably just. I mean, that gets messy.
1: Chopsticks are not messy.
0: Well, I mean, think about if you're trying to eat with a chopstick and walk at the same time. I mean, that's, yeah.
1: <laughs> do they do this anywhere else?
0: I think in Italy. Italy, they put a ban on eating in the streets just to prevent all the trash and garbage, which I get if it's a touristy area, you know, just trying to clean the streets, it's probably a saving money on the expense of just living, but it's just a weird thing.
1: Not going to lie, we live on a very busy road and it's annoying. Every single week I have to pick up other people's McDonald's, other people's beer cans. They're like napkins. And- well,
0: I sent you the article where the guy took the deepest dive into the Mariana Trench. Which was over seven miles down into the ocean and he found a plastic bag on the bottom of the ocean. So sad. So it makes sense.
1: Why is it so sad though?
0: Because of that's how much garbage is around. Like that you can be seven miles down in the ocean and there's a plastic bag and a beer can.
1: That is actually very sad. Hopefully it doesn't kill any fish. Yeah.
0: So now when you landed in Charlotte, did you immediately grab food?
1: You know I did. And you
0: were walking around Charlotte with food? I mean,
1: I wasn't walking around. I was waiting for the lift, like the ride to get to my hotel. But yes, I ate it on the street. So any of those European countries, they're probably not interested (laughs) in having me visit.
0: (laughs) So was your Away suitcase everything that you had hoped for? Because you were raving about it while we were here.
1: Okay. So I got this new suitcase from Away and it is seriously bonkers, Doug the wheels glide so smoothly. It goes like a 360 degree angle. Mm. So it's like any way you want to take it, it will go. But the best part is, is that it charges your phone, not only just one full battery charge, but like two or three. And it also has a TSA approved lock so that, you know if you need to lock your suitcase i never do that but we only I,
0: did it when we went to africa
1: yeah but we should be doing it all the time and the other thing that i really like about it is that it's carry on size approved so nothing is worse than getting to the airport and then them saying oh your carry on's too big you have to check that and you're like really because that's like 50 dollars extra but this away suitcase that i have is carry on size approved so it was like it was amazing
0: i just think it's crazy that they have a 100 day trial and it's free shipping so you just get it use it and love it
1: yeah And also there's a lifetime warranty. So the whole point for me was like, okay, I'm going to try a hundred day trial. If I don't love it, then I'll just send it back. But I do love it. And I feel confident knowing if I keep it, it's a lifetime warranty. So if anything happens, then I'll just, I will be like, Hey, listen, something happened with my suitcase.
0: (laughs) And they just return it and you have a whole warranty.
1: Yeah. They'll hundred percent take care of you.
0: That's pretty awesome.
1: Yeah. And the best thing about it is that they cut out the middleman too. So you don't have to worry about like paying an atrocious amount of money for a fancy suitcase when really, you know, there's no need to, if you're cutting out the middleman. So if you're for a new suitcase, they're giving $20 off at awaytravel.com slash HMCP. You just have to use the promo code HMCP during checkout and you can get one of these amazing suitcases also.
0: So they just have to go to awaytravel.com backslash HMCP and they get $20 off.
1: Yeah, they just have to put in the promo code HMCP during checkout and they get $20 off, 100-day free trial. And if you end up liking it, it's a lifetime warranty. Awesome. Yeah, but let's get back on track. (laughs) I want to bring on Nicole and Victor.
0: Very excited to talk to these two.
1: What's your first thing you want to ask them?
0: What is Big Brother? (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, you never watched it. No,
0: but I want to get on Amazing Race.
1: <laughs> yes. So we have a lot to talk to them about. We're so excited to have you guys on our podcast. I feel like there's so much to talk about because we're new friends. So fill me in on everything. Because I know that you guys met on Big Brother season 19? 18. 18,
0: yeah. That was the year that you won, right?
1: Yep, yep. That is wild. There's so much we have to talk about. Are you on the Amazing Race right now or are you? hmm you are. So you probably cool. can't tell
2: everything. We ran four legs already. So we can talk about those. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, in we're our racing experience. right now. Actually,
3: we took time out of the race to podcast with <laughs> you guys, but we got to go run
0: when we're done.
1: Oh, <laughs> <Did you>? I'm <laughs> like, wait, really? What? This, is-
0: <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is actually a secret leg that you guys are on. We just wanted to tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> <This> is-
1: <laughs> so let's like, start from the beginning. You guys met on Big Brother, which you actually won that season, which is incredible. So I'm just going to let you tell the story.
2: Okay, I'll start. I was on Big Brother 16 first, and that was just kind of like really fun summer camp. I was a huge fan of the show, super excited just to get on. And then they called me back for season 18. And so I was super excited to get a second chance. And this guy was in there. We actually were not a showmance, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, I voted him out three times. Oh my gosh. He didn't vote for me to win a half a million dollars. So we were definitely like kind of friends, but nothing romantic. Yeah.
3: I went to an open call that was in my area and then we met. Kind of like history from there, and he kind of
2: just pursued me for a full year after the show. Yeah, we were
3: like (laughs) friends after the show, straight up just friends talking about each other's relationships. (laughs) And it kind of just, after all that, faded away for both of us. We met in New York
1: Mm -hmm.
3: for the premiere of season nineteen, and we just hit it off. And then from there, just snowballed into a relationship. And you know, yeah, it was kind of actually crazy.
2: You tried for a while,
3: (laughs)
1: yeah. (laughs) So how did he win your heart then?
2: In New York, I just feel like it was like a very magical night. He had joked about being my date that night. And I brought my best friend instead. Oh, I
3: was salty. (laughs) I was like, okay. And then like, she didn't even show up with me or anything like that. She just kind of went and I was like, (laughs) all right, cool.
2: (laughs) Sounds good. And I think just that night was so good. And then the next day, even I was like, no, let's not pursue this. You're kind of like a bad boy. You do your thing, you travel. (laughs) And then he's like, no, like I'm really serious. I want to commit. And I said, okay, I'll give you a chance.
3: Oh, yeah. The, literally, the next day, I texted her. She's like, whoa, 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 slow down. I, I just got to figure this out first. Like, let's take it. I was like, man.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Wait, so why do you have a bad boy image? What's that all about? Not really bad. No. Okay, that's like a bad term. Yeah. But I meant, like, where?
3: I wasn't in the relationship mindset yet.
1: Yeah, just kind
2: of, like, young. and
3: Like, right after Big Brother, you know, everybody's pulling you every different way. And so, mm-hmm. definitely not relationship ready.
2: Not like sure. small town boy, which is what I thought I would want a farmer, small town boy, safe. <laughs> yeah. And then he was the complete opposite. But
1: <laughs> I want to get on to now. First of all, you guys are engaged. You propose. Congratulations. On- Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. Do you guys have a date set?
2: We're just saying, like, June 2020 to... Tentatively. We don't have any plans. No. Wow. kind of weird.
3: Yeah, it is. (sighs) I don't know. It's just a tedious process. And, I mean, no rush, right? We're going to be together forever anyway. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Very
0: true. Now, Victor, how did you propose? So, that was...
3: That was actually interesting because it just so happened that Big Brother was around the corner and I texted one of the producers and I was like, hey, can I talk to you? I just want to run something by you real quick. And I said, would it be possible for me to propose to Nicole you know, on the show? And he's like, I love that idea. Sit tight and I'll get back with you. And like three or four weeks later, he called me up. He's like, we're going to go with it. And we just started planning all behind Nicole's back. Yeah, It was stressful because it was like a four month planning process because yeah. Big Brother's, you know, three months and we weren't going to do it. Right right at the beginning, it was like closer to the end. And just the planning started before the show started type of deal. And so trying to get all the ducks in a row. But when it was all said and done, it was awesome. She really thought I was here back home Mm -hmm. while I'm flying. She's like, so how's everything? I'm like, well, I'm with the pups, you know, having some leftover food. I'm about to go to the gym. And thank God she doesn't like to FaceTime, right? (laughs) (laughs) So all right, I'm going to bed and I'm like in a hotel, like not far from her, you know, so... It was really cool. And actually, Nicole was confused when she saw me pop up on the screen, like in the Big Brother house. Yeah, for sure. She thought I was somehow going to propose through the screen. Yeah, I was
2: like, this is going to be so lame. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> when I came out, I was pacing through the room and I can hear Nicole talking or, you know, them doing all the stuff. And he's giving me the cue. All right, like, now walk out. You know, God. and then I'm walking sense. around the corner oh. and then I pop out and Nicole said she thought I was like a cameraman. Or because production. he cut
2: his hair. Did you guys see how long his hair was? Yeah. It was like down to like his mid back. Yeah. Yeah. And then he, I'd never seen him without a beard. Clean shaved, short hair. I was like, who is this dude? <laughs> <laughs>
3: afterwards nicole we got to the hotel room she's like why would you do that why because would you cut your hair itch? without telling me like yes. you got to you got to run these things by me
2: because honestly <laughs> i knew it was going to be on national television but <laughs> I was so stunned by his haircut that I knew I was focused on that instead of the proposal. And I was just thinking like, oh my God, nothing looked the same besides his teeth. So I was just, <laughs> I was staring at his teeth and I was like, okay, like you cut your hair, you know?
3: Yeah. I was like, if he even has a hint that I'm proposing, she will have no idea that I'm going to chop my hair off and shave like so that's that. So let's just
1: shock her. And I was like, if
3: I'm going to give her a surprise, it's going to be one heck of a surprise. <laughs> and she was just jaw dropped. It went better than I, could have ever planned it.
1: I want to kind of like, Nicole, I feel like you and I, I know we're new friends, but one thing that I was learning about you is that you have been very open about your struggle with anxiety. And yeah, I think that's amazing first and foremost, because there's such a stigma around mental health. And I feel like Mm -hmm. if we're not open and honest about it, and honestly, I should have like my foot in my mouth because I also have anxiety in the worst way.
2: I do have anxiety and it comes and goes in waves. Sometimes- I don't know what's causing it, but it will be for a month at a time almost where I can't really leave the house. I have trouble sleeping. I wake up in panic attacks. And like my instinct is to throw myself on the floor and try to catch my breath, get a cold towel. And I don't know what's causing it. And sometimes we're just driving down the road and I have a legit panic attack. It's like you black out, can't breathe. You feel like you're going to die. I'm like, am I having a heart attack? And so. It's something that I've struggled with and it's getting almost worse as I get older. This isn't something... I mean, I've always had anxiety, like test anxiety. I've always got nervous before sports events. Natural the Na- natural yeah. anxiety, yeah. But this is like where it almost will take over my life for months at a time if I let it. And so my mom had it too. She completely overcame it by herself. Wow. She forced herself to... Go to work. She would be dizzy, and she would be like, "Oh my god, I'm getting overwhelmed. It's coming on." And then she would just fight through it. And it's something that she's overcome. It's taken her a little bit of time, but I feel like when I know it's in my head, if I open my phone, read the symptoms of anxiety, know it's just anxiety, I can kind of overcome it in that moment too. But what my head does is say, like, "Oh, I have like a medical issue. Something's wrong with my heart,"
1: because I do get palpitations a lot. So it's kind of like your. On this never-ending it's tough
3: it's and- crazy because when we were you know on the race it never happened, which would be the time that you think it would happen the that's most, right? Like you're you're yeah. most stressed, you're most anxious to get somewhere and do something, yeah. and that's part of me being her significant other is trying to understand that and and best deal with it. And sometimes I'm not the best because I don't understand it. I do my best, mm-hmm. right? And I do things that I think are helping. Like for example, I could say like your life is great, you have everything in front of you. There's no reason, but that does that the exact opposite, you know. And I'm conscious of that now. I, I don't say that. Right. But you don't know, it's it's hard being the person on the other side, not understanding what it feels like when it doesn't happen to you. So yeah, and it makes me feel bad. Like I wish I could take that and just put it in me because I feel <laughs> like I'd be able to just keep her away and not make her feel like that. Right. But
2: yeah. And it, I didn't ever have it on Big Brother either. Yeah. So I think it kind of works where the less you're doing
4: the, more, the more
2: your head is thinking without you even knowing you're thinking. Cause I'll be working on the computer and all of a sudden I feel like I'm about to hit the floor and I'm like, I am busy, but it's a different way. I mean, I don't know. I'm still kind of convinced there's something else going on yeah. with it. Like, yes, I have anxiety, but I think when it gets to be like a month long thing,
3: like there's an underlying yeah. There's got to be some,
2: and sometimes I have low potassium and that's like really directly related to the heart. But when that's fixed, you know, I'm still having anxiety too. Yeah. So.
0: I think the scary part sometimes is just not knowing and, yeah. and not being able to have an answer to anything. Yeah. If I've learned anything, and anything that I don't understand, especially with Jamie, it's, you know, how can I help instead of telling her how great her life is. And yeah. this is silly to think about. It's just like, okay, well, how can I help you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, I definitely don't have that type of anxiety, but just recently, actually, like literally last week, I could barely get out of bed. I know I have a great Mm -hmm. life. I know I have an amazing husband, a wonderful daughter. Like we have a beautiful home and Mm -hmm. I'm from a trailer park, domestic violence and all. And so I know I have a great life. I know the exact opposite because I've lived it, but yet it's Mm -hmm. not that. It's like, you know what it is? It's almost like the pressure to maintain this life. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is either, but you know, there's a few things. I actually reached out on Instagram to my friends and they Mm -hmm. like recommended a few things and I've actually been trying them. So uh, a gratitude journal, meditating, nutrition hydrating more because you might be dehydrated. And make sure you take all your vitamins. But most importantly is doing something active. Get your heart rate up every single day. And come to think of it, when you're saying Big Brother and The Amazing Race, when you're on those shows, you're not feeling anxious. Think about it. You're actively moving your body. When you're sitting in front of a computer, you got anxious. You're not moving your body. Mm -hmm. So the two biggest things that were coming at me as tips was Mm -hmm. exercise daily. Not not for like weight loss, not for anything other than mental health every single day. Like try to exert yourself for 30 mm-hmm. minutes, drink lots of water and write it in a gratitude journal and meditate. If
2: you can handle all of that on top no, of anxiety. That's good. That's <laughs> really good advice. And honestly, it just got bad in April and we had gone on vacation in March and I was working out every day until then, mm-hmm. or at least a couple times a week. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. so when I stopped that, I literally said, oh my gosh, Like I could be the exercise that I stopped. But then I was having so much palpitations and my heart rate was like 120 at the minimum. So I was like, I can't go exert myself when I'm feeling like this. But now that I'm feeling better
1: again, Mm -hmm. I
2: definitely need to get back to
1: exercising. Just last week, I'm like greasy hair, like stinky breath laying around and Nothing happened in my life. I have a great Mm -hmm. life. And I'm like, why am I like this? I can't even like get out of bed. I
2: honestly think, so like I said, I didn't have it where it would take over my life almost. I catch myself feeling it when I'm thinking about media. It's so bad. But like Instagram, like the pressure Mm -hmm. or knowing I'm going to be on TV, I got it immediately. So the last month I'm better now. But the last month was really hard for me knowing that a show was going to come out. And I think I'm just like scared. I filmed that a year ago and I mean, we're getting a great edit. Nothing. I never said anything that was even bad in big brother. I didn't have to go through it after I was on the show and it plays then. Uh So I don't have to come home and like watch myself. So I think that, and then I think also the pressure of social media, I don't know how kids can deal with it that are even younger. And then they grew up like, I remember going to prom, And now I think even something going to prom is so different. Like you have to have the best dress for the best picture for the best this. Mm -hmm. And that's not what it was about. It
3: it literally (coughs) reshapes your mental development, right? Mm -hmm. Like not having those social pressures. And that's one of those things that if you're a kid and you say something dumb and somebody catches it on camera, it's out there forever. I mean, Mm -hmm. that will cause you to be depressed and all these things, opposed to, when we were in high school, we said something stupid. You get a slap in the wrist. Don't say that, right? Like, right. that's not appropriate. It's not blasted forever mm-hmm. as a meme or as a video that people can just watch and share, and and, mm-hmm. it, and it's sad. I mean, even now with media as an adult, I'm like, I, I don't even... Like, I'm blessed that I have it, and I utilize it in the yeah. ways that best benefit me.
2: And others, you're positive about yeah, it. Yeah, and I'm yeah. positive
3: about it, but, you know, mostly, like, I enjoy the collaborations, and I enjoy making people smile. Honestly, don't post it He doesn't
2: it care about like portraying the perfect life like that's nothing that we're interested yeah. in but then it feels like wow their page is perfect it's pretty it's bright and yeah. then it's like oh crap like then you get people saying you need to do better because yeah. then you get more collabs and it's like you know i i don't want to have to sit there and decide
3: yeah go out like dress up and like all right we got to get a great picture yeah. today and it's yeah. like i just want to hang out and you if know? we get a good picture
2: yeah. it's a positive like that's how we've been living our life for so yeah. long and then now it's like you haven't posted in this much amount of time. You know,
1: it's, like I it's feel a great. lot of
2: pressure because <laughs> it just is. And I think that's also what contributes
1: to my anxiety too. I love having this conversation because people think that social media influencers have the life. They're like, Mm -hmm. oh, you got it. So easy. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised to hear that you're so stressed over it because I feel like you do all those things.
3: I like what Dax Shepard, his podcast, Armchair Expert, he was talking about how back, you know, way in back in the day, like way man cave, you know, type days where you're only comparing yourself to the 10, 20, 30, 40 people. In your village. So you're the best at something right? Yeah. You can be the best at jumping off high things mm-hmm. or the best yeah. cook, or but now you're comparing yourselves to what, a billion Billions. people. Yeah. And so no way you're going to be the best at something. I mean, it gets really, really hard
4: Exhaust- and yeah.
3: it's exhausting and you're trying to keep up. And now that's all you're thinking. You're like, I'm not good enough. I, mm-hmm. My page isn't good enough. Oh yeah, I can run fast, but man, that guy runs faster. Mm-hmm. I can take a good picture, but dang, their picture looks better. Yeah. If I um, could, I would get rid of it, but I'm so grateful. Right. Of it's the like platform. a bittersweet,
1: like, yeah. It's like one of those <sighs> mixed blessings kind of things, yeah. but you know what? This is the other thing. This is something. To be honest, my page I don't have a preset, you know, and I think that the presets are oh yeah, pretty. I don't I they're... love them, but I don't have a preset, and I have shadows in my pictures because I take like, your out. pictures are really good and clean though. They're oh, bright. They're really I do good. Them bright. I know how to like edit them. Like yeah, they I like brighten them. But listen, one thing I have found, no joke, from nurse to nurse, influencer to influencer, genuinely, the people out there, I feel like they don't want the presets. They don't want the yeah. pictures. They genuinely want someone mm-hmm. who's real. They can connect with. So I guarantee you if you think were to so post too. a picture tomorrow of you, you know, on the floor with the cold towel on your head being like, yeah, the ish got real. I'm having a panic attack. Mm-hmm. There are so many people out there they are like, yeah. thank God for being real because that's mm-hmm. how I feel too. And honestly, that's probably why I felt comfortable talking to you about it is yeah. because I read a little bit that you were open mm-hmm. about your anxiety on your guys's podcast. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, Oh, a girl that I can talk to about this, like yeah. no one out. especially as a nurse you okay come on Mm -hmm. you know like when you get your patient i guess you're in the er but when i would get my patient it would be the history uh she has high blood pressure and depression and anxiety Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh
5: brush exactly
2: yeah Yeah. and that's what it happens to me when i go into the doctors i'm young i'm healthy i look healthy and so it's anxiety and i'm like dude check my blood levels something's off i am having anxiety because i feel my heart palpitating but i am not causing that
3: the last couple times has been the low potassium. It yeah. puts me through the roof when she comes back and they're like, they didn't check anything. She just wanted to prescribe me Xanax and let me go. Yeah. And it's like, that's it's not like, the problem. No. And then she goes, she I calls I go to them. the
2: ER twice and then finally an ER doctor. It was significantly low. I had to get two bags um, of, potassium. of potassium. Her potassium
3: was that low, and
2: you know that as a nurse, yeah, you could die. Like, yeah. Whatever. So, and I was like, I knew something was off. So then, when it happened again, my potassium was off again. And so now that it's back better, I feel better. But wow. they just want to give me a Xanax and go home, and it's frustrating because they look at me. I'm 26. I look healthy, and I have a history of being anxious. And like I worked with these doctors, some of them, and so they know. I can be fine all day. I don't have anxiety like that. It's just like if I let myself type things, you know. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's frustrating. The
3: thing <laughs> is, my biggest frustration is Xanax isn't a cure all. You no. can't, and it's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. What are you going to be on Xanax forever? Like, yeah. well, there's other like things the, you can
2: be on. That. Well, you know what
3: I mean. There, there's something else. They that, weren't
2: trying to find my problem because that exactly. isn't something that they're is just going like to fix- Xanax,
3: and then you can figure it out from there. And it's right. like, then okay, then now from here on out, take Xanax forever it's like well you don't want to be doing that to your body anyway they
2: shouldn't want me to be doing that
3: you know either they should try to figure
1: out what's going on the problem is is that that then takes time and Mm -hmm. it's unfortunate that there's such a shortage of like medical staff in general but nurses in particular so the hospital beds get filled Mm -hmm. so fast you're just constantly trying to rotate them Mm -hmm. which is so sad because we live in america we have the finances but it's like hospitals are businesses so they're trying Mm -hmm. to save a dollar just like any other business Mm -hmm. which is quite sad considering (laughs) this, this is our people's livelihoods in their health and mm-hmm. it's just it's really sad so i think the one takeaway for you guys at home listening is like no one's going to be a better advocate for your health than you yourself yeah, yeah. If you genuinely know something's wrong with you mm-hmm. don't let someone say oh you're anxious no go find another doctor who will listen to you and run the test because i mean if you didn't get those two bags of potassium that's a lot of effing potassium
5: like yeah most- yeah and
1: anybody with a normal level of potassium if they got those two bags they would probably be dead
2: like oh yeah so you exactly. clearly needed this yeah. potassium and the weird thing is i eat so much vegetables i eat healthy i eat every- Everything with potassium so now it's trying to figure out why am i losing potassium
3: potassium has been low twice yet nobody has been trying to track the mm-hmm. why of They'll it i'll
1: just give you the two bags of potassium it's like okay it's you're like
3: no just eat more bananas it's like okay but i don't victor doesn't have to eat all these bananas to right, he have my potassium eat, like, the
2: vegetables or i don't fruit, even know so what has like...
3: potassium in it and i'm fine you can't just tell her to just okay now you gotta eat two bananas for the rest of your life and right eh, it'll be fine it's like well, what's the underlying problem yeah, there? Yeah, because it
1: could be like, it puts wow. me through the roof.
3: I can go on a rant.
1: I mean, <laughs> no. that's so good. You got yourself a good yeah. one, Nicole. Bought <laughs> fought for I you for a full year. <laughs> yeah. Now you're fighting for your anxiety. No. Now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, and the worst thing is too, is when you're anxious, the last thing you want to hear is anything to kind of fix it. I mean, not so much for the potassium, but like, oh, work
2: out. Oh, meditate. Oh, do this. And you're like. No, that. I think I okay. really, I do need to do that stuff. Like Same. that's 100% I do, because then I'll know. No, I'm calm as a cucumber. You can't call this anxiety. The fact that I am anxious when I go in there because I'm worried if I could knock that out and then I'm like, no, there's something oh, no. else wrong. Like yeah. I'm fine. My blood pressure is super low. My heart rate's low. Like what's going on? My heart is palpitating right now and it's at, you know, 60 beats per minute. So figure it out type thing. Yeah. So I'm trying yeah. to get myself chill and he's super
1: chill. So that, yeah, I can that tell. helps That's too. a good balance. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I exercise every day, but I want to do the meditation stuff just because that's overall wellness.
1: Call me happy if you want. I don't care. But I genuinely believe that when our mental health, like when our mental Minds are healthy. Our physical body just follows suit. Yeah. So that's probably why Victor, you don't even eat a banana, but your potassium is fine. It's like somehow, and it's interesting because yeah, our bodies—they're so amazing. The molecules and the DNA and like the small little substances that we're made of—it's mm-hmm. freaking wild. If, if you want to break it down, it's effing crazy. Yeah. If you think about it. But we're not going to go that crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's wild. So I do think that like mental health is like the key to overall well-being. Yeah, for sure. But I think that there's a lot of different factors that go into that. Like you can't just yeah. hope to have mental health or like work towards it. We have to figure out the system. I think so far from what I've heard anyways, is like, because I haven't been exercising myself either. And so I think that I have to make myself exercise, mm-hmm. make myself do a gratitude journal in the morning. But I hope that that's helpful for you at yeah, all. Yeah, it I don't is.
2: Know. Thank you. No, it yeah.
1: is. Yeah. I'm genuinely going to like challenge myself now to do this myself. Uh, you gonna say hi? Can you
2: say
0: I just poopied? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. That was a mini disaster.
1: Okay, okay. But we were just getting to the Amazing Race. I really wanted to ask them about what their time was like on the Amazing Race. I can't imagine doing a show like that. What is it like?
3: It's the most stressful vacation you'll ever have. <laughs> yep. It's just always so go, go, go. You know, in the course of the race, I mean, we both dropped weight. I, I lost like 15 pounds. Ooh. And it's even more intense and how you see it right like yeah what you have in your backpack that's it what you read on the clue that's it
2: they don't show like the downtime that you have to try to sleep in like these little planes you only eat plain food
3: you're sitting oh. in an airport for four or five hours you know waiting you know because you get released to go wherever you're going and when they go oh they're flying to this place but actually it's not like we are there right there's still the right. travel involved in right. getting to that place wow when it's all Said and done, you started early in the morning, and you could be finishing the night. You know, on another day in different time zone, it was crazy.
2: We're very grateful. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, was oh. it really fun. They'll be honest. Yeah. Was it fun? No, yeah. it was fun, and mm-hmm. I would definitely do it again. It's just something that we would never be able to do without them so we're forever grateful like to travel to all these countries submerge yourself in the culture and it was like cool to do their weird little whatever like so it's <laughs> something that we did already like
3: for example biting through sandals to yeah. find a chocolate sandal like when would I yes. ever do that you oh, know what I mean or like even like Nicole this is just in the first one Nicole running up a giant inflatable in Japan like the biggest inflatable I've ever seen you don't get I to get do to that hang that out stuff. with
2: elephants she, yeah stuff. she got to ride
3: elephants yeah. I saw that in the commercial yeah yeah like chopping up preparing food in another country or karaoke in Vietnam nice. you know like all that stuff it's just so crazy and you would never do that on on a vacation that you would ever take no, you Chris, know what I, mean? I mean you don't think about that
4: stuff right
3: yeah they had that all set up for you and you get to do these crazy things mm-hmm. we have a recorded vacation right <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I oh, seriously oh i'm God. sure it made you guys closer to being able to kind of work together as a team
3: actually we were just dating When we got on the show, we weren't engaged yet. And so to your point, that really did bring us together. We got to see each other at our most stressed, you know, Mm -hmm. and like most difficult moments. And then also our highest moments, getting second place three times in a row. We were, you know, through the roof. I want to go back and watch.
1: Is there a way that if I've missed the episodes, I could go back and watch from the beginning and then catch up? I'd say CBS.com. CBS All Access. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then what day does your show air? Wednesday
2: at 9 Eastern.
1: Wednesday at nine on CBS.
2: Yeah. I'm going to watch. Yeah, <laughs> you we're should. Watch,
1: I want to see your guys' journey. We've had you guys for so long. One last quick question Coco Caliente. How did you guys come up with that name? That's your podcast name.
2: So we were just sitting there. I'm like, we need something clever, catchy that describes us. And just oh, one day I was like, Vic, what's hot in Spanish? <laughs> he's like, Caliente. I'm like, what about Coco Caliente? And it just stuck. Hot chocolate? I'm the Coco. And he, yeah. And he's the Caliente. <laughs>
3: what's funny is it came out of like me being like i was trying to come up with names and she was like shooting all them down or making fun or whatever and i was like well you come up with something right and i came
4: up with it in two seconds
3: and then she's like okay and she came up with it. I was like, dang, that's actually pretty good. It has the flair, right? Mm-hmm. The, the Latin flair. So, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. That was the same thing for us for Hot Marriage, Cool Parents. He would come up with some ideas for our podcast. And I was like, no, no. <laughs> that's
0: what brainstorming is. You throw every idea that you have in your head saying, out throw of Throw it at
1: paper. the wall, right? Get the cream like, and stick. Truth be told, though, I feel like Doug is very artistically creative. And I'm like, oh, "Nice," which
0: means I'm creative. weird. That's what yeah, she's he's saying.
1: So <laughs> awesome, guys. I am so, so so excited for you and nicole thank you so much for being so open and honest about you know like mental health and stuff i think it's gonna i genuinely believe it's gonna help other people out Uh there listening because you know something that you just don't go talk to like anybody about like at all ever like literally i went this is tmi but i went to get
2: hemorrhoid removed the other day and i didn't oh yeah i saw them
1: this is it though like so i've had this again tmi i'm almost embarrassed to talk about this not in front of you nicole but in front of you but no it's fine but like it's just I had us this in the hemorrhoid room. for so long. It was so uncomfortable and I yeah. thought I had to just live with it because yeah. my midwife was like, yeah, no hemorrhoid. No one's going to touch you if you're pregnant or if you're trying to get mm-hmm. pregnant, you
4: might be yeah. pregnant.
1: So I just live with it and live with it and live with it. And I'm definitely not pregnant because I checked every single time. Like I'm trying mm-hmm. to get pregnant. So I'm like, let me just of oh, yeah. this before mm-hmm. we get pregnant. And the doctor, she was like, I don't know why OBs tell you that. You could have come. We've taken it. Oh out.
3: my gosh.
4: Yeah.
1: which is exactly why I shared about it because I was like, women should know that if yeah. you, have, they're first of all, they're very painful sometimes. Yeah. Like literally you can't sit down. It sounds so bizarre. You would never imagine that, but like you yeah. cannot even sit down. Like I had to sound like a donut thing because like I just couldn't yeah. sit comfortably. Also it's, it's just gross. So anyways, PSA, public okay. service announcement to anyone out there with a hemorrhoid. And if you're pregnant, you can just go to a doctor that'll take care of that for you. It, it didn't even hurt. Like they just you're injected right. it with alcohol and, or they could, do like a rubber band thing I mean this is so yeah. disgusting to talk about but <laughs> no
2: it's anyway. fine I think it's good because then people aren't embarrassed to like talk about it when they have it and they exactly. can vocalize it like the last thing I would want to do is have someone sit there and have it and just be like so oh my god nobody has this right so I can't talk about it type thing and now that you made it such a thing like yeah I got a hemorrhoid. what's the big deal like yeah, let's go get yeah. it taken care of I feel yeah. comfortable talking about it and I think opening those doors for anything mental health hemorrhoids anything <laughs> like it's nice because then we can just be ourselves and i think that's why people like you can relate to you and it's nice and it's refreshing because yeah. it's not like i'm this perfect being cuz nobody's perfect and fun right.
3: fact i'll take you a little history lesson
0: you have um, a hemorrhoid too
3: <laughs> <laughs> history history so napoleon right napoleon oh. bonaparte yeah. uh-huh. he had hemorrhoids and he didn't go to a battle because it was so bad and oh. they they say that might be why he lost that one of his biggest, you know. Honestly,
4: battles. though,
1: if
0: only he that. had a midwife.
3: Hey, yeah, he, if no, only. my
1: midwife was telling me I can not have a doctor. <laughs> that's <laughs> true. She-
0: yeah, that's going to be the title of this episode: <laughs> no, hemorrhoids but- and mental health.
1: Catchy. Or you can just do H (laughs) and (laughs) M. What I was trying to say though about the hemorrhoid is that I didn't say on my history anything about depression or anxiety on purpose Mm. because I was like, oh no, like there's such a stigma. I know because I work in, Mm -hmm. you know, in medical field so I think that like what I was saying back to you Nicole is that like at least you're someone is talking about it like even I don't even really talk about it so thank you Mm -hmm. for being I guess I talk about my hemorrhoids but I don't talk about my anxiety Uh, (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
2: no I feel like people need to hear it
3: no it's true it's true it Mm -hmm. creates a conversation and and it's not something that I
2: like Either when I go to the doctor, I'm like, yeah, I have really bad anxiety because I don't want to be defined by that. And at the same time, I'm trying to figure out what it is like, right. what is actually going on. And I'm not on medication for it or anything. So it's like, you can't define me by this right now. Yeah. Like, I'm going to try to handle what you said exercise, meditation. I'm going to see if I can get a hold of it and be in control of my own life. Type yeah, thing. like that feeling, you know, mm-hmm.
1: just to be super transparent and honest, I do take a depression and anxiety medication. Mm-hmm. It genuinely helps me it like helps your
2: day to day life. you makes yeah. you feel like what you felt like prior to anxiety. Is that yeah. what it? Yeah, yeah.
1: that's good. That's really they, my weird. doctor
2: said to come back in a couple months if I'm feeling like I need something like that because mm-hmm. you want to feel like your best self.
1: Yes. Yeah. want yeah. to take medicine and I get that. Like I definitely get that. There's side effects and whatnot, but oh my God, if I didn't take this little medicine, I think I would be in bed with creepy mm-hmm. hair and sticky breath like every day of my life because I just, wow. but I don't want to be on this medicine the rest of my life if I don't have yeah. to be. Yeah. So what if I exercise and what Try, if I yeah. and I have like a good schedule? Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm gonna give that a shot myself. But also, I'm not. I'm definitely not ashamed or like. I guess no,
2: like, no 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 like, definitely don't be ashamed i just don't like the way that they throw it at me yeah, yeah, type yeah. thing and i think it's more like i'm gonna fix this better than just like what you're throwing at me without right. without well, yeah and mine isn't a what they're throwing at me isn't an everyday
1: medication right xanax yeah just for like just for like the yeah. panic attack
3: and to your point like my mom actually she has she's bipolar depressed
1: my mom too
3: and so and there's a thing though where it's like Sometimes medication is the only way because it's a chemical chemical imbalance, Mm -hmm. right? So once it comes chemical imbalance, there's literally nothing else you can do. Uh, Futuristically, they or if you have a crap ton of money, they have stuff now where they can implant in your brain and it sends electrical signals to put, you know, that balance in place. But nobody's doing that, right? No, Nobody right. can afford to do that or right. maybe they don't want to do that. So yeah, the medicine might be the only way for some people. Mm, yeah. But like you said, if for you, you're able to exercise and do all these things and not use that, that's freaking awesome. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, some people, it is just that imbalance and and having a, you know. It's no
2: different than a physical illness and that's what people need to understand. Yes. It's the exact same thing. It's like with someone's on a blood pressure med, there's no stigma. Someone's on an anxiety med, huge stigma. Yeah, And it's super frustrating. Yeah. It's like somebody can be
3: on lisinopril for their whole life and nobody says anything. And they're
2: actually choosing, maybe they're choosing to eat super bad bad and have high blood pressure. <laughs> and they're just like, I don't give a crap. This medicine fixes me. But it's like us, we're not doing anything to have this like it's feeling you. of depression or mm-hmm. anxiety. If we, knew, we would stop. I always say
1: like, if, if you told me to never have a cup of coffee again, or if you told me to never drink out of this water bottle again, because something in the glass is causing, yeah. I would get rid of it all. Like exactly. Anything, give me the yes. reason and I will get rid of it. I promise I won't do it, but we just don't know. And so it's just one of those things. Mm hmm. But yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. I always say that's so funny that you mentioned that because I always say like if something was wrong with your liver or like your kidney or your heart, no one would ever judge you. Like you would obviously take medication for that because you you need your liver and your heart and organs. You need your brain to function as well. (laughs) Exactly. And
2: sometimes it's just out of much out of our control is like getting having that illness. Yeah,
3: it's crazy. But it's becoming
2: talked about more, and I love it because it needs to be because younger kids who don't feel comfortable maybe you know, depressed or anxious and now they're like suicide
1: rates. I mean this now we're going off on a tangent, but like, it's true though, the suicide Mm. rates and like the, the opioid addictions. Like, I don't, this is a huge tangent, but like, I mean the kids now that in even like adults who are becoming addicted to, I'm not even kidding you. One of my best friends, you know, very young, very talented, amazing person and gone. And someone, this girl that I went to high school Mm. with, I just saw on Facebook, uh, last night or the night before her sister, who is a little bit younger than us, has a little boy gone. Like no way. and, and yeah. she was trying so hard. And that's the thing is she was trying so hard to not mm-hmm. have that issue, you know, and then, yeah. you know, it's, it's just, And then you have like one relapse because you're just trying to feel happy and feel good about yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's just, and it all stems from mental health. Yeah. So it's like, what can we do to help ourselves and like each other, yeah. because it's just wild. I mean, I've never had the thought, like because my my mom's a drug addict, so like, and I ended up getting custody of my sisters, so like for me, like any word of any sort of drug, I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. But, yeah. Like, I could see how someone would have the thought because I only because I've seen the destruction. Yeah. But like, yeah. I could see like if you've never seen the destruction and like, you take this whatever it is, or you shoot yourself up or something and you feel yeah. happy, I could see why that becomes very addictive. Right. You know,
2: because it's the only solution at the time. You feel it's, like, it's your you happiness. You feel like that's the solution. Yeah, it's your yeah. happiness. I yeah. mean,
3: same with alcoholism and all that stuff. Like, yes. Yeah, that's my happiness. I think the,
2: the best thing that anyone can do is say it out loud, say it to someone, whatever they're struggling with, and then find a good support system, even just one person, and then just actually work through it. Because I think when you keep it all bottled in, which a lot of people do because they don't yep. want to be looked at as, you know, labeled something as broken.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: So I think if you're having an issue at all, speak out about it. People will be there. They will relate and they will support
1: you. Yeah. Hundred percent. That's For the best sure. thing. And honestly, n- find the people who you know aren't judging. Like, go to mm-hmm. Coco Caliente, their podcast, and listen and enjoy it, and have like a breath of fresh air because they're not judging you. They got the same issues. Yeah. <laughs> not, like, okay. Hang out with us over here. Like, we're not judging you. We've got the same issues. We're mm-hmm. all just trying to live one life at a time. Okay, guys. Mm-hmm. So, where can everyone find you? If, so, if they want to follow you, see, you're amazing instagram pages that i know okay. you are so hard on <laughs> <laughs> so mine's
2: at coconuts underscore uh, is- yeah
3: mine's at lfitvic. and for our podcast yep. if you want to listen we have the instagram it's at coco caliente podcast on twitter it's at coco caliente pod and you can always go to Podcast. <laughs> Dot com.
1: He's got it down. Oh my gosh. Just like such a great conversation. That's so genuine and just, I mean, probably one of my favorite quote unquote interviews, but like chat yeah. with you guys, like thank you so much for being yeah, so Thanks open for having and us. And I think you're genuinely helping people all over. So thank you. And yeah, everyone, you guys got to go follow them because I, I actually love following. I follow coconuts all the time. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Bye guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Absolutely love Nicole. I wish I could help her more with this anxiety thing. I wish I could help myself. I feel like there's a lot of us struggling with anxiety. And it's like, man, if I just knew if Xanax really was the cure, I would take it every day, but it's not. So I don't take it at all.
0: (laughs) I took Xanax in college and I don't remember a thing. For real? Yeah. But it was recreationally. Tugless. It was terrible. Yeah. But anyway, that that was such a fun conversation and it makes me want to go on Amazing Race with you.
1: I feel like my only issue with going on Amazing Race is not being with Gracie. Like we'd have to be able to like backpack her too.
0: Yeah, we could probably sneak her in.
1: I mean, she would just be on, like I would forfeit all changes of underwear just to have my baby with me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's awesome. I really like Victor a lot.
1: Yeah, no, I love them together. I love that how he supports her. It's very clear that she wasn't necessarily into him. I feel think like it's kind of like our relationship because she wasn't necessarily into him, but he kept on pursuing her, and he's actually kind of what she needs, because yeah. hes you can tell he's super level-headed, very grounded, uh, very ambitious, and
0: The difference is that you were stuck with me. I, I, wasn't didn't really, you, I didn't have to pursue.
1: I wasn't stuck with you, though, because I told myself when we got married, I was like, if, if I decide that I want to get a divorce, I'm not going to consider myself a failure. I'm going to consider myself, you know, worthy of trying. got gotcha. to.
0: Well, anyway, thank you for listening to this very special episode.
1: Yes. We genuinely love hearing from you guys. So if you go over to our Instagram, I'm at Jamie and Otis and Doug's at Doug Hainer. And with the Hot Marriage, Cool Parents podcast page is just Hot Marriage, Cool Parents. Please just bop on over and say hello because we love getting to know you guys, truly. Next week, we're going to have our daughter on the podcast. We're just proud parents because I feel like she's talking so much more than ever. And oh my goodness, I want to document all of this. And I feel like a cute way to document it and a cute way for you guys to get to know our daughter a little bit more is to have her on the podcast. So we're going to have her on the podcast. And it's going to be the best interview you've ever heard in your life. So stay tuned for that.
0: Promise. And we love
1: you. And goodbye. We love you. Bye, guys. Have a good week. I literally talk about the first time I ever saw my husband's penis and touched it. So if you want a good story, go to Amazon.com and search Wifey 101. Or you can go to JamieOtis.com and snag an autographed copy of my book.
0: And coming from someone that was crying at the altar and thought the experts failed them. Three days later, you touched my penis. <laughs> it's
2: true. Visit us online at JamieOtis.com for more great resources.